Learning to grow up spiritually. That's next on today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. First Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11 is where we find ourselves once again today. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Hi, welcome to our program today. We're back on our series, It's Time to Grow Up, looking at the spiritual growth and maturity that should be a part of each of our lives as believers in Christ and finding encouragement from God's Word to do just that, grow up. Practical Words for Perilous Times, the title of our study today, we begin with a look at the weariness we can often find within our relationships and the answer. Here's Pastor Phil. We got people all the time saying, I don't feel like I'm in love. No, you shouldn't. You ought to feel wore out. Why are you still in the marriage? Because you got to move to a love that will stretch itself to a love that can exist on volition and not emotion, a love that can exist on commitment and not on the highs and lows of any relationship, no matter what they are. Uh, I'm in a relationship of love that will stretch me, stretch me to stay in a marriage. But here he's talking about loving the brethren, loving one another. I've got the kind of love that will reach out and stretch to love you. It's not just a big emotion. What's love got to do with it? You've got to be operating off of volitional love, not just emotional. Everybody's got high lows. High lows. That is everybody except liars. And Hollywood lies a lot. And so we go see a movie. Oh, oh. Then you go home, and the washing machine's broke. And you've got to go to work in the morning. Yeah, it, it brings you back real quick. I recommend you get acquainted with your local cleaners. Uh, then there's another side of this love. This love covers a multitude of sins. There's the, see, the positive is it will stretch itself. It's not a love, operate on emotion, make it happen, I'm passive. No, I'm stretching out for you. I'm initiating. Two, it's a love that can cover sin. Now, when it says cover sin, it doesn't mean it's a cover-up. You can't hide anything from God, right? All sin is before God. But what does it mean? That it's a love that covers a multitude of sin. The actual word for atonement means to cover. To cover. The mercy seat is where you covered sin. You, you sprinkled blood, and it came between God, God's eyes and the law. Did God know you didn't do it? No, he knows you did it. But he provided a covering. He provided a covering. Now, in relationships, uh, the kind of love Peter's talking about is we can pick each other apart. And where love is thin, faults are thick. When you got little love, you're, you're a critical person. Nobody does it quite right. Because you take the position, you got to earn my love. You got to, honey, you, I'm somebody. I'm picky about who I love. And you come into the church, 
were slave and free man, rich and poor, men and women, Jews, Gentiles. They're all in the same church. And he said, now you're going to pick who you love? I only love Mexicans because I'm a Mexican. You know, we're close. You mean you don't love white folks? I just love white folks because you know black folks, you know what they're like. So you get to pick what you're going to love. God didn't give you that choice. His kind of love, you love everybody. Male, female, any ethnicity, any social status. Christianity supersedes it all. And it says here, it does not seek to expose people's faults. Love bears all things. It covers all things. And it's not saying it doesn't know it happened. It's really interesting. I had a pastor friend that was going through pastoral problems and trials and eventually had to leave the church. Uh, But one day I was talking to him. He said, you know, my critics, the thing I'm being criticized for, he said, I just thought if there was a film of it and my mother got to see it, she couldn't find anything wrong. But in the eyes of my critics, everything's wrong. Kind of interesting. Same data, just a different set of glasses. Different set of glasses. Do you know some people you hate to be around because you know you're not going to pass? You're not going to pass because, you know, they're real picky with who they love. Well, God must not have been too picky because he loved you. I said, God must not have been too picky because he loved you. And God says, why don't you dispense what you received? You received grace. Why don't you dispense it? You received love, unconditional love. Did you know not one of the great covenants of the Old Testament would still be intact if both parties had to be faithful? When God made a covenant with Abraham, you know what he did? He put him to sleep. Abraham couldn't sign his part of the document. Genesis 15, put him to sleep. And when Abraham woke up, the fire of God went between the meat, and God said, I just made a covenant to bless you forever, Abraham, while you were asleep. That's called unconditional love. And at the cross, God made an unconditional promise to love you and save you based on what he did on the cross, not based on your worthiness. He made the promise. He keeps the promise. And he puts up with you and I. Quit thinking he did so good to get you. No, he didn't. Because he saw us as sinners. He saw us as people that were going against his law. Now, let me ask you this. We had it in our Timothy class. Frank came over, and he asked the guy, says, uh, how many uh, think God loves you? Uh, most of the guys raised their hand. It was, it was refreshing. They, they believed it. God loves me. Then he went to a second question. He said, how many of you think God likes you? And Adam, I'll never forget that night. I can't quote him because it's too bad. Uh, and he says, oh. Man, if you knew me like I know me, 
Uh, I don't even like me. I don't like, you know, the stuff that I'm dealing with. I asked the class, they were asked, how many of you think God likes you? I don't think we had 50%. They all thought God loved them, but God could not like them. And um, the question was asked, and the statement was made, God doesn't just like you, he's crazy about you. When do you use people's names in your palm if you don't, if you're not crazy about them? I can't hear you out there. Talk about you. Is your name inscribed? I'm not worried about it just being the book of life. I got it inscribed in his hand, honey. See, I'm not safe in his hands. I'm as safe as his hand. I'm a part of his body. I'm not just in the hand. I'm in the body. That's why I can't be lost. You'd have to amputate Jesus. You can't get me out, honey. You can't get me out. I'm in. I'm in Christ. No amputated body. He immersed me in. I'm a member of his body. Some of you got to pray about that. That's all right. But then the question came up, any of you raised kids? Yep. Hey, guys, all, all men class, how many of you guys love change diapers? Yuck. Nah. When we had Deborah. First time I was left with her and had a dirty diaper, I just tied her on the table and called her mother. <laughs> Look at it. She's been warped ever since. But I mean, I just had one of those belts. I was doing one of these changing things. I mm, cinched it like a horse. Said, come and do something with this baby. The Lord has not called me to change diapers. My son-in-laws are far better than me. They're great. I changed three just to say that I could do it. But no man grew up liking to change diapers. I don't think the women like it. But let me ask you this. Are changing diapers worth having the child? Did you know God said, if I save them, I'm going to have to change your diapers a lot? And God said, I'm willing to change your diapers to get you to heaven, until I get you to heaven. Because you're going to have so many messes in your life that I'm going to have to clean up. But I like you. I love you, and I like you. And I have paid at the cross to clean your diapers and clean you up from one mess after another. Has anybody done any messing up since you've been a Christian? Some of you are lying. You need to raise your hand. I know you have. Don't tell me. You ain't that pure. No, no, I'm talking to sinners. We all mess up. And he's there to forgive. And when you confess it, what does he do? He said, I'll clean you up. If you'll confess it, I'll clean you up. I'll wash you. Did you know what? You couldn't even have a fellowship with God, even if you just walked down the road, didn't it? He said, the blood of Christ is cleansing you from all sin, even when you're not sinning. You read it, 1 John 1, 5. His, the blood is cleansing me present tense all the time. Well, Lord, I'm not sinning all the time. Yeah, but you've got a sin cesspool down there that I'm cleansing all the time. All the time. Every once in a while, you do the act, and you've got to confess it. But in the meantime, I'm scrubbing. I'm cleaning. I'm cl doing the wash all the time. You mean that's why I get to pray to you anytime I want? Yeah, 
the cross is cleansing you every moment. You could send up a prayer any moment because it's already been paid for. I'm cleansing. I'm cleansing. I'm cleansing. So love, what kind of love? A love that will stretch itself and a love that can cover up so that people aren't on display about all their faults. We can forgive it. We can forbear it. We can move on. There's no safe way to love. If you love anything, they can disappoint you. But it doesn't get you out of the command, love. Then he says something about service. Employ your body. And he says five things about spiritual giftedness that he wants to use you in the body. And let's just uh, get those five things. Uh, Every believer has been gifted to serve. Notice that verse 10. As each has received a gift, use it to brag on your abilities. Oh, oh. Use it to serve one another. Don't tell me how gifted you are. Serve. Just serve. And the gift there is, I think, a spiritual gift. So everyone has received at least one. Some include talents, everything you are. But uh, he, he wants you to know we've all been gifted to serve. Two, we want to dispense God's grace in us as good stewards. I would say every believer is to dispense God's grace. God's gifted me. God's enabled me with whatever. Now dispense it. Just Because uh, a steward did not own the household. He just dispensed the goods for his master. You don't own what you possess. Your gifts, your talents, your intelligence. Uh, God gave them to you. Now dispense it for God. Dispense it as a gift. Three, uh, those who are speakers, mouth gift, uh, are to get their message from God. Speak as the oracles of God. Uh, don't, you don't get to invent your message. You just get to pass it on through your mouth. Speak as a divine messenger. Fourthly, servers are to serve out of divine strength. If you're always this, your tongue's hanging out, your tongue's hanging out. (laughs) Say, wait, wait, wait. Are you experiencing any divine energizing? You know, God's work is exhausting. It's exhilarating, it's exhausting. But it's also divinely energized. As many a Sunday I preach that I'm looking back and say, where in the world is the energy coming from? It ain't in me. I was like the guy at the store or, uh, and his mother said to him, but you've got to go. You've got to go to church. And the man said, why? Tell me one reason, Mom. She said, you're the pastor. <laughs> you need to go. And so, you know, uh, energizing uh, there, it's unexplainable, the energy God gives you when you want to do His will. There's energy. There's divine energy. He said it. Enough energy to raise the dead. And, and then, you know, and, and I know you're not in God's will. Something, if you've always got this famished look. Yeah, I'm in the army of the Lord. <laughs> yeah. 
why, why was it you could stay up to two every night at a bar, and as soon as you get saved, you get tired? Boogie all night. But now I'm a Christian. I'm tired. No. You're tired. You ought to be tired of being tired. You've been tired so long. I'm tired of being tired. Because you don't do anything. You sit around, watch the rest of us, and pray we don't have a coronary. Waiting on you. I believe in the Holy Ghost. Do you? You couldn't even jump a pew in the churches I went to. You don't have enough get up and zip go about you. I used to tell Dallas guys, my aunts can testify with more fire than you can preach. Just this tired blood Christianity. Ooh, just the thought of going. I sure hope he finishes. Why, it's 1230. Jesus, I just ran out of power. Well, you haven't done anything. You've been hearing me. Woo! You say, I know I got the Holy Ghost. I made the 1230. Well, what have you done? You've been drinking. You've been eating at the table. I hope. Some of you eat a sandwich during the meeting. Do something. We used to have a woman used to make her kids sandwiches during the evening service. We just hoped she didn't bring the hot plate. Now, serving God, there's an energy tied to it. It's divine. Only those who know God know about this energy. They don't keep going because they're on an ego trip. Guys serve in hard places, little places, little money, little support. They go in year in and year out. I just read the life of William Booth. Where in the world did he and Catherine Booth get all the energy to take the streets of London and get girls out of brothels and get men off of booze? Where do you get that kind of energy? You get it from the living God. And he says it right here. We're an energized people. We're energized. It does something that a Benny can't do for you. It does something drugs can't do. And you can stay married with it. And your kids will know you're still their dad. Nothing like it. Then I, I must hurry up. He said, uh, the goal of this is that God may be glorified in all things. I ask you in these last days, are you thinking right? Are you loving right? And is your body engaged doing what God wants? Uh, I think in this matter of love that we're always being tempted with and to uh, let our hearts shrink. Paul told the Corinthians, it cramps you to love me, but it doesn't cramp me to love you, 2 Corinthians 6. And the word for cramps means no space. You get cramps. If you get gas, there's no room in the organs, and so you get cramps, you get to hurting. And he says, my heart isn't cramped to love you, but yours is. It cramps you to love me. But God has, he said, God has enlarged my heart so that I can love you. I think uh, of a man that uh, had an obstinate daughter, rejection, obstinance, get out of my life, and lived with that, and live with that. And I know this man arranged to be so good to the girl that he used a secretary 
to give his gifts to this girl. Never let her know who's giving them. Chose to be anonymous. And a secretary would give the gifts to this girl as often as that rejected father would give a gift. This went on for several years. The girl never knew who the donor was. Never knew who the lover was. After years, the girl melted without even knowing the giver finally melted to the man and embraced him. A dad that couldn't get her to love him. We give up too easy on people. But I want to tell you, at the cross is where God stretched out to love you. I want to stretch myself to show you I love you, that I want you. And some of you here are outside the grip of his love. You've never come to him. He's waiting for you. He's asking for you, come to me. I'll save you. I'll give you a new life. I'll give you eternal life because you're living on the edge of eternity. We don't want you to die without Christ. And God's extended, stretched out love was when they nailed a son on a cross and he said, I'm stretching out for you. God so loved the world that he was stretched out on a cross that you would not perish if you would just but take Christ as your Savior. He's the great stretcher. Ask God to enlarge your heart to love your enemies, your critics, and those that maybe be making your world miserable. We all have small hearts until the Spirit of God expands it so that it, it might make you love people of different color. It might make you love people of different economic status. You might actually get to loving your neighbors, even your mother-in-law. <laughs> this love can expand and expand. Father, who's here that's outside your love, that's never let you put your arms around them? Because it's an invitation. You won't force yourself on them. You invite them, come, come, and I will love you as no one could ever love you. The cross of my son is my living testimony of how far I would go to love you. I would even let one of the family die for you, die in your place. If there's anyone here, a man, a woman, a young person, would you show them their need of Jesus Christ? No greater love has ever been shown to us by anyone than you. Save, deliver them from the chains of their sin, and let them today, by faith, by trusting in Jesus Christ, receive the gift of eternal life and never, never perish. I pray that you would save them and change their life for time and eternity. We pray these things in the wonderful name of Christ. Well, to be sure, God has called us to live out what He has put in us, to be doers of the Word. Our series is called It's Time to Grow Up, 
And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. We thank you for spending time with us today, and we'll leave you with our address and phone number in the event you would like to contact us. In fact, we would ask you to take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can do so. Simply call us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. Or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. Another way to reach out to us would be to stop by our website and drop us an email, valleybible.org. Now, we do have a lot of other resource materials available there, as well as a lot of information about who we are and what we believe. You'll find it all again at valleybible.org. And then finally, if you'd really like to let us know how the program is encouraging you, the best way would be to do so in person. Our service times here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules are at 9 and 11. Directions can be found on our website, valleybible.org, or by simply calling. 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. For a copy of today's program, simply mention today's date. We'll send a copy out to you just for asking. If you would like the entire five CD set that today's program was taken from, for a donation of $10 or more, we'll send it your way. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. 855-833-9864. 9864. We do trust we'll hear from you soon and look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.